Hey, I'm Robbie Kramer. You're listening to the Leverage Podcast, where we discuss using your social skills to hack dating, travel, finding your dream job, and becoming a complete man. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. And today we have a very special guest, uh, a longtime friend of mine named Robert Vitelli. And Robert is the number one international best-selling author with 24 years of experience in the fields of personal growth, psychology, and the motivational industry, and has been called one of the breakthrough masters of our time. Robert is also the creator of the Modern Male Program and coaches men in experiencing accelerated breakthroughs and astonishing growth in the areas of dating, sex, self-confidence, and personal power. And he's also been featured in True Wealth Magazine, USA Today, CBS, Money Watch, Fox, NBC, ABC, as well as any other major media outlets. So, so great to have you uh, on the show, Robert. Uh, great to be here. Great to be here, Robbie. Looking forward to it. Yeah. <laughs> so we met a long time ago. I think it was back in 2000. I want to say 2007. Does that sound about right? 2006, mm-hmm. maybe? Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, at a uh, an event, I think with uh, or, or through through our buddy Brian in the men's personal growth dating space. So it's been damn almost fourteen years, I guess, or something close to that, right? So, yeah, yeah, it's been um, a while. <laughs> <laughs> but for those of you uh, people listening who don't know you as well as me, um, give us a, a background on your story and how'd you get into all this stuff. Well, um, wow. I, I think um, being brought up by a single mom, I was, I, I think, at a deficit growing up as far as, um, you know, dating skills and interpersonal relationships and social skills. Um, and uh, it really just motivated me to find mentors and teachers. So I, you know, in my teens started doing all the personal growth workshops with uh, Jim Rohn and Brian Tracy and uh, Zig Ziglar and Anthony Robbins, all the old school, you know, motivational personal growth speakers to just grow and, you know, learn what it is to be a success or a man and, and, and have some kind of, you know, confidence or personal power. Cause it, to be frank, I didn't have much at all. I was pretty insecure. Um, and, uh, you know, I was brought up like, I think many people in a pretty dysfunctional, uh, home with an alcoholic single parent and um, does wonders for your self-esteem. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was lucky enough to not experience that, but <laughs> I know oh, a lot of people who have, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, it's been, it's, 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 it's a pretty common epidemic globally, I think, um, with alcohol and drug abuse and things that are not talked about, you know, in the household with so many families. And um, you definitely, I think, probably are uh, one of the um, anomalies and lucky ones for sure. Uh, and so yeah. it, 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 you know, as I identified uh, and saw a lot of these deficiencies in my character and my personality and my confidence, I sought, you know, mentors and teachers and coaches that could, you know, help me grow and, and expand, uh, you know, my skill sets and my confidence and personal power. And um, the journey started. And uh, now 20 some years later, uh, it's just it's been an amazing, amazing experience to, um, you know, be able to support other, you know, people. Um, I've worked you know, with men in 17 countries now uh, around the world, getting a chance to, you know, support them and have a, uh, 
you know, an experience or a series of experiences to, you know, have them wake up to their own power, to wake mm-hmm. up to, um, you know, their own sense of, you know, value of worth of giving them skills of communication and persuasion and, you know, social dynamics and skills uh, to help them create uh, the outcomes and the goals they want in every area of their life, whether it be with women and dating and, and a better sex life or confidence and, you know, and experiencing their own, you know, power and, and uh, sense of, you know, worth that we naturally have. And it's just been an amazing experience to, you know, support and, and witness, you know, men's growth and, and people's growth to, and accelerate it, you know, in a much faster process than maybe you and I had to go through in our experiences because speed and time and accelerated, uh, I think, growth is really important to people these days to get the fastest uh, results they can that are lasting. Right. Yeah. You know, it's, it's been cool to kind of follow along to see what you've been up to for all these years. Um, You've been successful in so many different kind of niche markets when it comes to sales, uh, dating stuff, um, personal growth development. So I feel like there's such a huge kind of like breadth of knowledge that you have and a lot of areas to talk about. Um, so what, what have you been really like working on recently? Uh, recently, I've been focusing on, you know, the uh, modern male programs that I've put together that, you know, is a coaching program and seminars and workshops that we hold a lot here in Las Vegas where I live um, to, uh, you know, take men on a, an accelerated path of uh, personal growth as well as, um, uh, you know, accelerated what I call skill sets of working and uh, the dating, you know, in the dating niche and uh, right. pickup niche and uh, giving men, you know, uh, there's a lot of mechanics, I think, that, you know, are in the industry, which are great, taught by some great teachers. Um, and I'm finding more and more of the men that I've been working with um, have, uh, you know, inner skills and inner game uh, components that are missing to really give them that, you know, breakthrough, um, you know, with whether it be their self-esteem, self-confidence, um, their, you know, daily re- routines, um, their internal skill sets to really empower themselves on a daily basis to, you know, create their goals. So working with that in the realm of, you know, dating and, and, sex for men to uh, give those skill sets and those tools has uh, been, um, you know, a big focus of mine recently, which has been um, phenomenal, uh, phenomenal to see men grow, you know, in this way with the modern male programs. Yeah, it's, um, I mean, inner game especially can be in just confidence in general, self-esteem is such an important area because, you know, there's, it's always, you know, you see a guy and things tend to be you know, from the outside, sometimes it looks like they're really kind of chugging along. And then when you talk to them, they oftentimes feel like, well, no, I don't have my shit together. They, they, they feel a lot less confident than they might look. Um, what's, what's kind of the biggest problem or challenge you see a lot of your, the guys you're working with that are facing, you know, when basically when, when they get started with you? Yeah, I think the biggest common denominator that I see, you know, in every country that we work in um, is, you know, anxiety, you know, fear, uh, insecurity uh, when going after a goal. And it could be a beautiful woman. uh, It could be a financial breakthrough, uh, anything. But especially in the realm of girls and women, there, you know, seems to be across the board, men of all ages, I don't care if they're, you know, 21 or 61, 
fear, anxiety, um, you know, uh, immense amount of, uh, you know, insecurity uh, comes up for uh, us. And I know I've experienced it, um, you know, throughout the years. And it's a muscle to, you know, really be, you know, built on. And of course, the antithesis, the opposite of that fear is a sense of personal power, of empowerment, of confidence, of certainty, um, and, you know, building uh, that quality within a man's character when it comes especially to the realm of the opposite sex and women and dating and um, wanting to have, you know, more sexual encounters with women. Um, it, it seems to be uh, across the board, whether somebody wants to get married or have a girlfriend or just have a, you know, uh, a one night stand and sex, whatever their goal might be and wherever they're at in their life. That seems to be the, probably the biggest common denominator that I'm seeing is, is that experience of paralyzing fear and anxiety uh, that comes over, you know, a man. Yeah. Anything, you know, obviously you and I went through the process. Um, how bad was your anxiety when, when you started and what were the ways you kind of dealt with Shaking. It? I was shaking. I yeah. would literally, <laughs> I, I remember, um, you know, getting a chance to, you know, when I first started going out, I didn't realize when I had, like you, you know, we met and experienced a lot of what I call at the time masters um, in the dating arena, you know, call them pickup artists, call them naturals, call them, um, you know, uh, just, you know, very, very effective and, and powerful with women. Um, you know, I, I just was, I, I literally would have like my hands shake with so much anxiety and nervousness. And especially when approaching a 10, you know, a gorgeous, gorgeous girl that was just stunning, getting tons of attention. Um, and what was interesting I found that my approach or my experience of this fear and this anxiety and this, I call it panic. I think I just had these like mini panic, you know, experiences um, were a reflection many ways of my own worth. You know, mm -hmm. that was how low my self-estimation of my value was, you know, in this, you know, realm of dating, you know, beautiful women. It's interesting. I've never, uh, I, I like, I like how you describe that because I never heard it explained like that before but yeah I guess you know I think that's true because the uh how you feel about yourself is obviously going to come out and if you feel pretty shitty about yourself like that anxiety is going to be a lot worse um <laughs> I mean it's all it can be yeah. it can always be a nervous sort of um situation approaching a woman especially if you haven't done it in a long time but I've definitely noticed that some guys are a lot better at just kind of, you know, even if they've never done it before, if they've got a lot of other things going in their life that are working and they seem to have a general sense of confidence that can spill over quite a bit into dating. Um, yeah, yeah I, I'm curious. So in terms of, you've always been very successful when it comes to business and marketing. Um, you've always been an entrepreneur, it seems mm -hmm. like. Um, mm -hmm. How'd you get started with that? Um, I got started with it uh, in my early twenties, um, I had a mentor, um, that was, you know, worth 30, $40 million at the time. Um, you know, by the time he was in his thirties and, um, I got really passionate about personal growth and I started working for Tony Robbins, uh, doing Tony's sales and marketing, filling up his seminars and his workshops. Um, uh, and, you know, working within an independent marketing company. Uh, and 
I got fascinated with personal growth. I got fascinated with coaching and empowerment. And of course, we make our own hours. You know, I work from home in my office and, you know, I can travel when I want to travel or do workshops or seminars or one-on-one coaching or work with thousands of people sometimes at once. Um, so it just always, uh, uh, you know, hit all my buttons, you know, freedom, um, you know, control over my own schedule, uh, above average income, you know, affluence and prosperity and financial wealth um, was, you know, really leveraged uh, when we, you know, structure it properly. So it had all these benefits that I've always wanted. And it really, uh, of course, motivated me to, to like, <laughs> succeed and excel, you know, excel sure. in the industry. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because I see that quite a bit. I see the guy there. I think there's a big kind of crossover between entrepreneurial minded guys that get into personal growth that also, you know, figure out how to make it into a business. And it's such a cool kind of sustaining, you're kind of hitting life from all angles. um, If if you're able to do that. And I see a lot of guys struggle when they first get into personal growth or dating, if they're kind of doing the nine to five thing. And eventually, as they get comfortable approaching, as they get comfortable taking risks, they're like, why am I not doing this, you know, in my day to day life? Why am I like getting making this other guy rich or, you know, slaving away and working towards someone else's dream? Um, But then there's also literature out there that like entrepreneurial, that entrepreneurial mindset is something people are born with. Um, So I'm curious, what's your kind of take on that? Do you think people... Are, you think you're just kind of like either have what it takes to be an entrepreneur or someone to like go after this stuff or you can kind of turn yourself and transform yourself into that sort of individual? Absolutely. I, I think we can reinvent ourselves into anything we want to be. I think for sure our upbringing, um, our childhood challenges and obstacles that we've overcome that create our strengths and character uh, will naturally lend itself, I think, to um, you know, working for ourselves, you know, being, being an entrepreneur is we, you know, we own our time, we are um, creating our own income and, and results and clients versus just having a list of tasks we get paid XYZ for. Um, so I, I do think there's some natural, uh, you know, personality traits that can um, come into it. But I believe that anybody uh, with any background um, can decide to reinvent themselves and create a service or a product and, and sell it, you know, to individuals. Um, you know, obviously that's what we're doing is we're either selling a service or a product um, ourselves to a customer versus, you know, doing it for a company or being in a support capacity for a company that's selling kind of product or service. Um, okay. So I do think, you know, you can reinvent yourself for sure um, into being an mm-hmm. entrepreneur. Yeah. Any, um, I'm curious about the, I never realized you, you worked with Tony Robbins and you're involved in the, his organization back then. Um, cause how many years ago is that? Like tw- how 20 years? God, ago? Yeah, it was over. Yeah. Yeah. Over 20, about, uh, tw- over 20 years ago, actually. Yeah. That must have been like incredible Crystal training. Pump. What was that experience like? Um, it was phenomenal because, you know, we're surrounded by, you know, very motivated people that are into, you know, reprogramming our brain and taking responsibility versus blaming, um, which is, mm. you know, a big personal growth shift um, to find the unconscious areas where we're blaming other people and other things for our results versus, you know, taking responsibility. So you're around a culture of people that are, you know, taking more responsibility and they're into, 
growing, you know, their brain and building this muscle, just like, you know, if you go to the gym and you're working out with, you know, competition bodybuilders, you know, why not be, you know, together with a group of people in competition brain builders, you know? So, yeah, <laughs> good point. Uh, did, you, did you get a chance to meet Tony or spend a lot of time with him? Yeah, I definitely, uh, you know, met Tony. Um, his time is pretty rare, uh, of course, sure. always with his travel schedule, um, but uh, definitely learned, you know, a tremendous amount. Um, I was also fascinated by his teachers. I had a chance to work with Tony's teachers, um, who Tony worked with, uh, which was his primary you know, a mentor when he worked with Herbalife, Tony at 19 was a big star in the MLM company Herbalife. And um, then he crashed and burned, uh, you know, and kind of his story before he wrote Unlimited Power that made him um, a celebrity uh, with some of his TV appearances. Um, then he was working and studied with Richard Bandler and David Grinder, who are the creators of neuro-linguistic programming. And basically, yeah. Tony made NLP popular because he was the first superstar salesperson to sell this, you know, personal growth tool of neuro-linguistic programming to the public. And he's an amazing salesperson, as we all know. Yeah, totally. I was involved with um, Landmark Education back in the day, and they use a ton of NLP and, um, you know, mm -hmm. that sort of training in their courses. Um, so I'm sure I, I've never been to a Tony Robbins seminar. I've, I've, I've attended one of his virtual ones, one of his mm -hmm. business building ones. Um, but that was amazing. But well, the creator yeah. of all the landmark programs, Werner Erhard is one of my mentors, uh, that oh, I really? yeah. absolutely love and admire. And I always encourage anybody if they could find anything by Werner Erhard, uh, which they can online or on YouTube. Um, I love all of his work as well. I mean, just as much as Tony, but much more underground and uh, he, uh, you know, was the creator of the EST seminars back in the 70s that actually created, you know, much of the personal growth movement today started around, you know, 1970, that uh, he is really the godfather of, which is an amazing yeah. teacher. Totally. Yeah, I, I learned about him quite a bit when I was going through those trainings. And those trainings were, were what really allowed me to kind of start my business. Like I had no idea how to, how to go about sales or marketing or anything like that. And when I went through Landmark, and became like an introduction leader for them. I was like, oh, this is really cool. I could see how if I were to do my own courses and programs, I could enroll people and register them into, you know, my trainings. And uh, if it wasn't for that, I mean, there's no way. Plus, you know, Pickup 101 back in the day, um, which you were involved. Were you ever involved with Pickup 101 directly? Not directly. I didn't work um, with them, you know, or for them. I was exposed, of course, to uh, you know, the organization and the materials. But it's funny because you just said something I think the, the listeners would love to hear the definition of, which is my definition of sales and enrollment, mm -hmm. which is to move, touch, and inspire somebody or a woman or a girl. Right. <laughs> move, touch, and inspire someone so much so that it results in your outcome, an enrollment, a sale, a close, a full close sexually, whatever it might be. And it's interesting right. when we move, touch, and inspire a client or a girl or a woman um, seems to be all, you know, um, pretty similar. Yeah. <laughs> There's so many crossovers for sure. Right. Um, so give us some, uh, I don't know, give us some nitty gritty on, on the stuff you've been working on now when it comes to uh, enrolling and, and uh, inspiring women to do this. 
Mm-hmm. Um, any, any sort of, I mean, there's so much we could talk about in terms of fashion approaching. We touched on the inner game stuff a little bit. What else is, uh, kind of been top of your mind recently that you've been working on? Let's talk about enrollment. Let's talk about, you know, the ability to, um, you know, enroll a woman or a girl or a person into your desired outcome, whether it be in bed or whether it be a check in hand. And, you know, that definition to move, touch, and inspire somebody to have that as your primary intention. When we're talking to a girl, as an example, so many people are caught up in, you know, and it's been proven, it's not what you say, it's how you say it. And, you know, your tonality, your body language, your level of volume and intention, all these uh, what's called submodalities and details, you know, within our communication. Um, sometimes the most powerful thing that we can do to make a girl feel something is, I whisper in her ear, you know, and it's a very soft thing, but it just, it stuns her or it stimulates her. And, you know, the ability to make somebody feel something is a primary, I feel, communication intention, you know, to land our communications so effectively that it moves somebody, you know, if it's within a sale, um, you know, a logical salesperson doing old school closing techniques of the Benjamin Franklin, the benefits versus the cost, you know, all those things are great, but unless you move somebody emotionally and have them feel something, um, and have that as your primary intention, you'll start to see, I feel that whether it be your marketing and business game, or it's your, you know, sexual game and dating game and pickup game, um, gets a lot better results. And we have that as a primary intention, you know, am I, you know, what am I making this person feel? What's my intention? First of all, what's my exact outcome? What do I want her to feel? Right. Yeah. That can be a real, you know, struggle and challenge for a lot of guys who get into this. Um, you know, myself included, because I was a very kind of analytical, scientifically minded, you know, driven guy. I like processes and step by steps and, you know, building things. I like a sort of architect, um, you know, like a, I, I love like Ikea plans, basically, like you just show <laughs> me the step by step, right? It's like really easy. But when it comes to expressing emotions, <laughs> that's not quite as obvious, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I find that a lot of guys get hung up on that in the beginning. Um was that a struggle for you or do you have any tips about how to like kind of get out of your head and be able to connect emotionally and, and exude that? Um, yeah. I, you know, it's interesting. One of the techniques that I teach to overcome our fears and this anxiety, this panic that, you know, um, has come up within me and many of the men, you know, and guys that I get a chance to talk to and coach is, um, you know, our primary intention, you know, when I'm really just focused on technique and what I'm going to say and what's going to be my opening line and then what am I going to say and all these basic things, um, it's really focused on me as Mm -hmm. opposed to if I just switch my priority and I would say for any guy, make the priority to focus on giving the girl an experience. Forget about, you know, it's good to have, I think, a basic structure. You know, I think there's great step-by-steps that we can, you know, memorize, you know, at first and, and, and kind of have down. But unless there's an intention, like why, the big why, you know, why am I, am I saying this? Unless I'm really clear on my why, the how usually will take care of itself intuitively. Actually, I have I found that most men, most guys, and again, I don't care if you're 21 or 61, that our body wisdom is so powerful. So regardless of our background or education or lack of experience with the women um, is if I really have, you know, 
why I'm doing what I'm doing. And I have that outcome clear. I'm, I'm looking at getting her to feel something. What's my ideal feeling I want her to feel? I want her to feel happy. I want her to feel elated a little bit. I want her to feel maybe a sense of desire for me. And if I'm clear on that, what's interesting, the mechanics kind of take care of themselves if I'm clear on what my outcome is of what I'm creating within her. And then my intention is one of giving an experience, not one of trying to take. And this really powerful distinction I had found is when I'm trying to take or I'm trying to get something is when I experience the most fear. When I'm trying to sure, give yeah. something, when I'm actually trying to give something, no matter what it is, and I'm focused on giving, 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 I either have no fear or a lot less and a big sense of diminished fear, much more confidence and personal power because I'm coming from a place of giving. I'm impacting the client. I'm impacting the girl or the woman in a positive way to give her an incredibly positive experience. And then it's interesting, my own sense of power comes through. I think it's kind of like opening the floodgates to this powerful river, but it yeah. only opens up when we're focused on giving. Sure. Yeah, the, the carryover with sales is so direct there too. It's like when you're trying to get something, you just feels like, you know, uncomfortable. It feels gross. It feels like you're trying to like, maneuver and very tactically um you know a lot of the old school pickup stuff was was kind of like that too um some of the some of the routines and, and stuff were, were kind of fun um mm -hmm. <laughs> you know the, i remember one of them i think it was like the cube um that was cool because you're kind of giving someone a, a cool experience teaching them a yeah. psychology sort of thing some of that yeah. stuff was great but i think a lot of the guys doing it were so focused on the outcome of it they forgot to kind of immerse themselves in the, the actual fun experience of getting to know someone and figuring out their psychology. Um, I don't know, that came to mind recently because I, I, I was like, oh yeah, that was fun. I should do that. <laughs> okay. mm -hmm. like, <laughs> it's true. And I, so. I think it's like you said, anything that we do, it doesn't matter if we're telling a story, um, you know, and we're a good storyteller or a bad storyteller, or if we're talking about, you know, a cool psychological exercise like the cube or what's the other one? Strawberry fields, you know, that, yeah. all the, you know, <laughs> all of these were meant to take a girl or a woman on a mental and emotional experience to get them to feel something. Because right. if we're asking questions like the typical guys, oh, where are you from? Da, 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 all these basic things, it doesn't make her feel anything, you know, and that's why when you know you go into sales you go into working with a woman and you know i like to do something called revivification you know where i'm revivifying having her recall you know the most powerful emotional experience of her life or one of them and tell me about it so she's starting to go back in her memories and tell me about this experience and it doesn't matter if it's with another guy and she's reliving it she's like feeling all these senses you know feelings of passion and joy and all of these things while she's looking at me right because so that type of a question versus the typical ones where I call one of the principles I teach is revivification. We do it in sales too, in marketing and you see in advertising all the time on television, but you know, tell me about a time that you actually purchased this and you had an amazing experience and you loved what you bought and, and why did you love it so much? And they go back and, and, and they tell you about this and they give you everything you need to help serve that person and deliver in a very elegant, non-cheesy, non-pushy way if we just ask the right questions. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of all about asking the right questions, which I find is very similar to a date too. You know, if, if, 
if she's talking more than you, that's a good sign. If you're on a sales call and they're talking a lot more than you, obviously that's, you know, it's a very hey, we good sign. we got two ears too. and one mouth, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's cool. There's so many crossovers when it comes to sales um, and, and persuasion, dating, you know, it's all very similar. Um, I wanted to ask you, so you've been, you've been in the game a long time. Um, what's, what's been your kind of, uh, relationship trajectory and you have, you have a kid, right? Too? Or a yeah, I've got a son. Um, I've got a son now with a girlfriend, um, you know, from years ago, but I've had, oh uh, gosh, last five years now, I've had two LTRs that I've experienced and, you know, Again, with each one of them, um, my awareness and my skill set gets better. My last relationship, we're still very good friends, um, was definitely the best and the healthiest relationship I've ever had. Um, and again, you know, my personal growth path has been, you know, one of learning how to create, you know, an amazing relationship or a more amazing relationship each time. And it's definitely, you know, a skill set of communication and understanding and empathy and balance and you know, all, you know, transparency and so many of the skill sets that we were, many of us were not brought up with, I wasn't. And each one seems to be, you know, better and better. By far the last one was the healthiest and most amazing. So um, I'm always looking forward to what I'm going to create next. <laughs> <laughs> What's it been? Uh, I mean, so you, how old were you when you had your kid? Um, I was in uh, late thirties. Yeah. Late 30, okay, that's like, I'm, I'm 37 mm -hmm. and I'm starting to hit that kind of biological clock that kind of happens a little bit later for, for men than women, I think. Um, yep. Yep. Is, that, is that what kind of happened with you? And You know, and, it's uh, interesting. It's exactly what happened with me um, because I know I had the urge, you know, I think we all want the, um, the ideal scene, you know, with the ideal beautiful woman that's, you know, the ideal woman that's fun, that's sexy, that's honest, that's ethical, that's loyal you know, the ideal scene that we all want and the relationship and having that, I wouldn't use the word fairy tale, but we'll use that word that we all ideally want, but hadn't met, you know, the actual woman. And it was interesting because I've got this amazing, I mean, thank God relationship with my son's mom. She's remarried now with another son, really nice guy. We've got this very, never had any drama, very, very cool vibe. And it was not the way that I had planned obviously, you know, having a children, but within my lifestyle, and definitely we knew that marriage wouldn't be the right option for us, that we decided we created some agreements and it worked out very healthy and very fair. Um, so I, it, it was fascinating that I didn't have the ideal situation, but it also met the need of procreation. It met the need of having my name, you know, the Vitelli name live on because my son, you know, took my name as well. So it was interesting how it met a lot of these biological needs, which is very untraditional and outside the normal box and paradigm, of course, is where we're going now with more poly relationships and, you know, different types of relationship dynamics that are happening in more single women without marriage, you know, being, you know, uh, impregnated or fertile or, you know, lesbian um, couples or homosexual couples and a different, you know, things that have been evolving over the decades into other paradigms, new frames that are becoming what used to be considered taboo are becoming more and more normal. You know, he, she, yeah. it's, and, and, and all of these different types of um, relationship styles. So in many ways, it was an incredible, incredible blessing. Um, and it was nothing I could ever imagine 
would have happened in my goals of what I call my vision book or goal book that I create, you know? Yeah. Did you ever have the goal of, um, you know, that traditional kind of nuclear family, you know, find the one, so to speak, Absolutely. And settle down, the white picket fence, all that? Absolutely. I mean, it, it's still a part of my, you know, vision. Um, I'll use a big word, but <clears throat> in this though, because now <clears throat> I'm opened up to um, possibilities that it might be beyond my imagination. <clears throat> mm -hmm. What if there's something that is better than I can imagine? Yeah. And that's, you know, a very, I call it a quantum level of thinking, mm -hmm. but I believe in that quantum level lies happiness because I don't feel that our conscious ego brain can sometimes envision ideally what's healthiest and best for us in 12 or 24 or 36 months. So I think it's good to have an intention and um, goals and also be open for other paradigms that might be beyond our conscious brain outcome thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's such a, a cool way to think about it because, you know, I know I often got caught up in this and I speak to guys all the time. We get caught up in the grass is always greener sort of conversations. Like, Oh, I love being single. Uh, I also love the, you know, they love the freedom. They love the adventure. Um, but then, you know, when they're single, they're often like, Oh, I, you know, I want to be in a relationship. I like that, that comfort, the security building something. Um, but what you said of having like this other sort of quantum thing, maybe you don't know exactly what that is, but you're open to building something like that. It kind of gets you out of that, you know, grass always greener conversation, which is really cool. Um, yeah. And, it's, you know, I see it happen a lot because, you know, both of us have been around this work for almost 20 years or you longer, me, you know, almost 20 years. And um, it's always fascinating to me, like how, just watching the guys who have been in it and who've kind of been like a lifelong student of the game, like what sort of relationships they get in and all the crazy shit, like uh, Adam Lyons, who was like, I think he has two girlfriends or, or two wives and a bunch of kids with both of them. Um, so it's like, you name it, you can kind of create. Yeah. And, <laughs> you know, and what, I don't think Adam, Adam your own has, personal boat. He's yeah. a great example. I mean, I don't think he had that in his goal book you know, as a conscious goal, but through his process of gaming and, and meeting, and even I heard, you know, his story recently, again, um, it happened, but I don't think consciously it was, you know, I'm going to create a polydynamic with XYZ kids. I don't think that right. was in his goal book. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had, uh, I had the, the goal back in the day of having, you know, two girlfriends and it's like, be careful what you wish for. Um, cause I did, you know, I went through, uh, went to Burning Man, came back with two girlfriends in 2017 and that was probably the worst month of my life having two girlfriends. So it's, uh, you know, you, mm -hmm. as a guy, a lot of the time you think, Oh, I want this fantasy sort of deal. Um, and these were like two girlfriends that were living together that you know, we're all like, it was like a, wasn't just like two different girls that were seeing casually. It was like, no, two girlfriend, girlfriends, but you know, that didn't work out so well, but it was a cool experience. And cool experiment I guess um yeah. so you know now you're you're single now yeah yeah I'm single now and mm -hmm. um you know it's uh having having a blast as they say you know, Vegas, is crazy. To, <laughs> Vegas is a super fun place to year uh, to live year round that's for sure there's never a lack of activities uh, of course or beautiful girls around that's for sure <laughs> yeah well what's the 
what's kind of the uh, the best thing, or you know, what are what are some of the, the strategies you like to promote as far as meeting women in Vegas or elsewhere? Like you like day stuff, night stuff, um, social I like circle. It. You know what? I like it all. And I think the more that you do, the more opportunities that you have. For example, some people are just do this or just do that. Um, of course, everybody has their own personal preference. <clears throat> Myself, I, I love meeting people in all ways, whether it be through social circle. I meet a lot of people. Uh, definitely cold approach. Um, you know, I, I'll definitely do a club once in a while with some friends, but I prefer a yoga class you know, and, yeah. and other places, you know, cause I love yoga and enjoy yoga and the type of women that go to yoga are usually a little more aware. They're health conscious. They're in better shape. <clears throat> um, online, I think online, whether it be with match.com, plenty of fish, Tinder, Bumble, you know, all the other, um, other online dating apps, <clears throat> I think they're great as well. Um, yeah. <clears throat> so I believe all of them and I like all of them. I think some of the are, new ones too, like seeking arrangements and, um, some of those sites can be a lot of fun. Uh, if you're into like other sort of interesting <laughs> relationship dynamics, of course. Mm -hmm. So, especially in Vegas, um, I haven't, you know, I've, I've, I've used some of these sugar daddy sites quite a bit in Europe and in Southern California, but I noticed there's a ton in Vegas. So could be a fun thing to play around with if you haven't looked at those yet. <laughs> I have not seen, <laughs> I have not seen those. That's interesting, Robbie. Tell me more. It's like fascinating. Really? Okay. How would you... <laughs> Okay, so tell well, us, Robbie, how do you use this? Relationships on your terms is, is, I think, what the seeking arrangement tagline is. Um, but it's really cool because it's, you know, the, the kind of the basic idea, and I've talked about this extensively on, on other shows, so I won't go into it too long, but it's, it's basically, you know, women who are looking for more than just a normal relationship, whether that's a sugar daddy or maybe it's a boyfriend who's in a, more of an open sort of thing. Um, but people, obviously Vegas tends to attract alternative sort of people that are into anything and everything. Um, you know, lots of money there, lots of people flying in and out. So yeah, yeah. it's a, it's a huge market for that. Um, yeah. <laughs> always exciting avenues to try. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> yeah, what else, um, any, any other like you know, special kind of gold nuggets or things that you've been, you know, on the tip of your tongue that you wanted to talk about? Um, I, I think that's it. You know, I it definitely, um, if any of the, you know, listeners um, or people that are viewing this, I'll give them a chance to, uh, if they want to see more of the work that we're doing and uh, the workshops, uh, the programs that myself and my other coaches are doing, um, they can get more information at um, online at themodernmail.org, um, themodernmail.org. And we're doing a free workshops. We've got free videos, free newsletters. Um, of course, our podcast that you get on iTunes, The Modern Mail, with uh, new episodes every week as well uh, for a lot more free content um, on dating and sex and fashion advice are the three topics that we really cover, you know, in depth and, and much heavier even, you know, on the dating uh, and sex advice for men. And some of the paradigms that you had talked about, you know, within um, these eclectic arenas, um, from what I would call the traditional uh, sex and sexuality things into alternative things like bondage and BDSM and Tantra and some of the other uh, modalities that are out there we're getting heavily into and simplifying it, you know, in some of our workshops and some of the teachers that we've got teaching with us now, which has been incredibly powerful. Wow, that's super cool. And, and are these, do you offer these uh, in Vegas 
only or um, online trainings as well, other cities? Um, actually, all three. We offer a lot in Vegas, offer um, uh, some around the world if we're doing you know, some type of affiliate or joint venture or workshop or seminar in different countries. Uh, and then some of them we do virtually you know, online. And then some of them we just simulcast. We could be doing something live in Vegas or something over in Europe, and we'll simulcast a webcast of it simultaneously uh, for people as well that can't make the live event. Oh, very cool. Well, thanks so much for coming on, Rob. It's been uh, great as always to chat and we definitely need to hit the links. I keep looking at your Titleist shirt and it's giving me golf FOMO. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get you hitting the simulator over there in Kiev while you're there until you get on the course with us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, thanks so much for coming on and I'll have a link uh, below the show for everyone to check out your stuff and uh, it's been awesome. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me and uh, have an amazing day. Thanks for listening. If you want more, go to innerconfidence.com and don't forget to subscribe to this podcast for the latest episodes.